and welcome to episode 254 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I love to grow food in my allotment and garden. Now coming up a little later on, I'm going to discuss with you how I go about pruning my fruit trees and bushes. It's one of those tasks that I think is rather daunting. But firstly, as always, we have the diary with what I've been up to over this last week. Well, today is Thursday, the 16th of January, 2020, and I'm actually in my podding shed, the studio. Now, I'm making a bit of a change to the way I usually sow my seeds this year. Usually, I would sow my seeds and put them in heated propagators in the potting shed underneath IKEA grow lights. And these grow lights were bulbs that basically screw into standard lamp fittings. I always recommended those because of the fact they screw into standard lamp fittings. Well, now I'm moving my seed sowing adventures more into the podding shed, in part to do with the live shows that I do Sundays at 6. I've had a bit of a change up, basically. On the back wall of this podding shed, I have a wooden shelf. It's about six foot high, three foot across and about a foot deep. Onto a couple of these shelves, I have placed my three heated propagators. But on the shelf above two of these heated propagators, I have screwed a new IKEA grow light. Now, this grow light is not the standard bulbs that I usually use. This is, in fact, an LED strip. It cost me £35 from IKEA, so it's not a cheap option by far, but it's the cheapest and the best option that I could find in my research. This grow light is designed to work with their indoor hydroponics kit, but I've just screwed it underneath this shelf and it is radiating light down onto my seedlings. How well it will work in comparison to the others, we'll find out as we go on through, but I'm quite impressed with it. And also it's just the setup I have here is now looking quite good. I will have to buy another one of these lights to go on to another shelf in order when these seedlings grow on a bit more that they can go up there and still get plenty of light. So that's what I've been up to today. Just a little update, but I'm really liking how this is looking. It is Saturday the 18th of January 2020 today and I've had a day doing things in the garden. Now firstly when I woke up this morning and I walked out into the garden I was greeted by a lovely hard frost and the type of frost that when you walk across the grass it just crunches underneath the shoes. It's one of those lovely things that I really, really like. And I also do believe the frost does a lot of good in the garden. We, here in Little Hampton, we haven't really had a good frost for quite a while. In fact, this is probably the only frost I can think of this winter. So it was really, really nice to get that. And it kind of makes me feel like it is actually winter now. Been really, really weird winter here. Now I went out this morning to collect another rainwater butt from a friend who was throwing one out. And it's quite a large rainwater butt, it's a 350 litre one by my estimate. So it's pretty big, especially in comparison to my others. And you're probably thinking, hang on Richard, you have got lots of water butts. And you're right, I have got lots of water butts. But I do believe in conserving as much water as possible so I grab this one even if it goes down the allotment or I swap it out for one of the others it doesn't really matter it will be pot to use 
But anyway, I collected that and I brought it home and I put it into position where I thought I was going to have it. But I'm not happy with where it is. So I'm going to have a rethink on that at a later date and pot it somewhere else. After that, I then concentrated basically on the main job that I wanted to get finished today. You may remember last week that I said I had built two new beds that are going to be my raspberry beds. And I built those beds last week, but I said they needed to go into the ground and be level and painted. Well, I've decided I'm not going to paint them. I'm going to leave them in their natural wood state, for now anyway. But they did need levelling out. Well, that's what I did. I got them into place and level. The trouble I had is where I placed one of the beds, it's up against a fence. And there is a load of concrete that holds a fence post underneath the soil which meant I could not bring that down any lower. But that is also at the highest point of the garden, which means that the other bits I've had to raise up and will have to raise the soil underneath in order to level them out, which which I've done. Not a huge problem. My garden itself is actually quite uneven. And it, just sort of in this area, there seems to be like a long, shallow dip that runs the length of the garden. I'm not quite sure why, but that is where these beds are now sort of sitting. So that's all right. I can level the ground out and add soil around to bring it up rather than digging down I don't mind that it's got them into place now and they are level and then I have just filled them up with compost from my compost bin which which will mean now I can start moving the raspberries into these beds and just get moving on with these plans that I have in place well that's it for today it's starting to get cold again and it's starting to get dark so I'm going to head on inside and have some dinner and tomorrow morning let's see if we get another frost when I head down the allotment Well, it's Sunday the 19th of January 2020 today. I'm on the allotment and it's been a lovely day down here. Now, again, we woke up this morning to a lovely frost and it was a bit of a cold start, but the sun was shining and I headed down the allotment and it's gradually got warmer and warmer throughout the day. And it's one of those days that it just feels nice to work out in the sun on the allotment. Now, firstly, as always, I had a walk around and there was nothing to really report. I was rather surprised, actually, because we had a storm come through during the week. And part of me thought I was going to have some damage to the greenhouse or some damage somewhere on the plot. Well, absolutely nothing is broken. Everything was as fine as it was last week, which I'm really, really surprised with. Tell a lie. The lid of one of my compost bins is blown off, one of my Dalek compost bins, and I don't know where that's gone. Usually I can find them, but I don't know where that's gone. After that, I set about my first task, and that was to have a tidy up inside my large shed. Now, when I put this shed in the allotment, my idea was it's going to be somewhere that I can have a little seat in there, a kettle, and somewhere I can go make a cup of tea and contemplate what's going on on the allotment. I haven't really been using it that much, if I'm honest, and because I haven't been using it, it's got a little messy. So I had a big, big tidy up in there, got rid of a lot of broken pots and bits and pieces that I don't really need, and uh, all the rubbish I'll be taking home with me and disposing of properly. Now, that didn't take all that long. So after that, I went outside my shed and to the side where I tackled a bit of a messy area Now, my plan is to get an apple tree moved here in the next couple of weeks. So I wanted just to have a tidy up first, which I did. Again, throwing away any rubbish and uh, any wood that is broken will be taken home to be burnt. 
and after I've tidied that up I then laid some weed suppressor membrane down on half of this area which I've coated in some wood chip. Now that's given me a nice area for walking across or possibly even a seating area. I'm thinking actually more, I might use it as an area to store things such as canes and wheelbarrows that can get in the way a bit. And then just to the side of this area, this is a, an area that is about two metres across and a metre wide, is going to be where the apple tree is going to go. And I've just mulched that area with a load of horse manure. Now I didn't have to weed much in here because there was weed suppressant membrane already down so it's held back the weeds quite well so all it needed is this mulch of horse manure and that's got that ready to go and hopefully next week I'll be able to move the apple tree depending on the weather. Now after that I then set about pruning and weeding my autumn raspberry canes. Now I'm going to be talking about pruning fruit bushes and trees a bit later on in this podcast so I won't go into too much detail but I thought this job was going to take quite a while and be really fiddly but in the end I done it quite quickly. Probably took me five minutes to prune the raspberry canes and this raspberry cane area again it's about a meter across by about four meters along and there's about 10 raspberry bushes I suppose in that area. They all needed pruning down to ground level, which I've done, and I've cleared out a few of the weeds, particularly this couch grass that keeps coming back here. Now after that, I set about just harvesting a few leeks and parsnips ready for my dinner. Well, that's it for today, really. A large amount, a large area has been tidied, and I'm feeling a lot happier for that. And more importantly, I have got some vegetables to take home for my dinner, which I'm quite hungry for now. Well, it's Monday the 20th of January 2020 today. I just thought I'd better give a little update about the seeds that were sown on the live show last night. Now, I ended up sowing three different seeds. First of all, cauliflower all year round, which hopefully will give me some cauliflowers for the summer. Then there was some chilli seeds, a variety called Purple Tiger. And then, just to finish the packet off, some macaroni red sweet pepper seeds. Now they have gone in my standard seed trays that I use, full of seed sowing compost and perlite. The chilli seeds and the pepper seeds have gone into my heated propagator. Now I am going to be running experiments pretty soon actually about how the heated propagators and the lights actually affect the growth of seeds. So I know I'm starting these seeds off early and I do make a point of saying I have heated propagators and grow lights. I know some people do not have the luxury of those and therefore I think I'm going to start experimenting and see what happens without those as well. Well that's it for this week's diary section. Each week I'm sharing with you another tip from a little book of allotment tips by William Fort that I have brought. We're on to tip three and so far the tips have been about finding an allotment but tip three reads... Ask around the neighbourhood. If all else fails, try inquiring locally. Many people with spare plots of land they might be prepared to rent out to an enthusiastic gardener, even a beginner. So talk to neighbours, workmates, local farmers and friends. You never know what you might come up with. Now I'm one of these annoying people that when I'm travelling around, I'm always looking at bits of land and wondering what I could grow there. 
could be a roundabout that I'll plant an apple tree or a grass verge I might pot some cabbages and cauliflowers or something. It's part of this addiction that I have to growing food and everywhere I see we could be growing food. So that's not a bad idea if you can't get an allotment there may be somewhere else that you can grow it. I'm sure the council won't allow us to turn over their roundabout and grass verges but it's food for thought at the end of the day. Pruning fruit bushes may seem complicated, but I think it's more daunting than anything. The whole idea of cutting away a branch from a perfectly healthy fruit bush seems a little alien, seems a little counterproductive. But the reality is, by pruning back my fruit bushes, I can get better yields. I can also rejuvenate my fruit bushes and keep them sort of young looking and healthy. In fact, research has been done that proves that by pruning back fruit bushes they live for longer periods so it's worth doing for that reason anyway now for the tools that i use i've got a good pair of decent sharp secateurs which are the main tool that i use for cutting i also have a little saw just for some of the larger branches but i very rarely need to use that on my fruit bushes more on my fruit trees a good pair of gloves especially as a lot of the fruit bushes that I have have quite a few thorns. Then I carry around a spray of disinfectant and I just spray my secateurs or saw every single time I go from bush to bush or tree to tree and before I start and when I finish. Just keeping those secateurs clean and disinfectant means I'm not going to pass on any nasty infections. Then the final thing that I also like to carry with me is like a plant wound seal. This is a liquid that is sort of painted onto a wound of a tree or a bush and such as where we've cut. Now I don't use it on every single cut but some of the larger cuts that's when I will use it. And I'll just paint it on and it acts like a plaster. It just kind of seals that wound stopping any infection going in. Now in my diary section this week I mentioned that I was pruning my raspberries and these were my autumn raspberries which are by far the easiest raspberries to look after and prune because all I have to do with those is just cut every single stem off down at ground level. The reason that for this is that they are what is known as primocanes. They fruit on this year's growth. So by pruning every single stem down, it will encourage the bush to produce new stems this year, which will produce raspberries in the autumn. And there's nothing complicated about that. Just cut them off at the bottom and remove the stems. As easy as that. Summer raspberries little bit more complicated because they fruit on the second year stems so what that means is that any stems that will start to grow this year will produce fruit next year so what I'm looking for when I do this is the older stems and again I will just cut those off at ground level older stems are quite easy to spot because the bark just looks older and it just just, you can just tell by looking at it what is older and what is younger. The younger stems that have grown this year, they are obviously left to grow because they will produce fruit this year. Blackberries, Loganberries, Tayberries and other hybrids are pretty much pruned in the same way as my summer raspberries. So again, I'm just looking for those older stems and cut those off at the base. Blackcurrants produce fruit on stems that are in their first and second years. So anything older than three years needs to be cut so again i'm looking for those older stems anything that looks new or on the younger side i will probably leave a bit more complicated to work those out if i'm honest but i generally find just by looking for the older stems that we can get there 
Then we get into the red currants, the white currants and the gooseberries. Again, all these are pruned in much the same way. Now these produce fruit on the second year and third year stems. They still produce after that, but the productivity, the, the flavour and the quality is dropped quite remarkably on four-year-old stems. So again, I'm looking for those older stems and just cutting those off. Now that's basically how I prune my fruit bushes, but my fruit trees are a slightly different animal. Now in the winter months, such as now, it's not a good idea to prune stone-fruited trees. These are things such as cherries, peaches. I will not prune those at all through the winter. I wait until the summer to do those. It's a little bit harder to do it then because the leaf is in growth, but apples and pears, they can be pruned at this time of year. And because there's no leaf, it's easier to see. Now, the first thing that I look for on these trees are dead and damaged or diseased branches. Again, they're easy to spot. So once I've pruned those back, and generally I find that that is enough. But in some cases, I may need to prune back some of my branches that are in the wrong places. So what I mean by that is there may be branches that are crossing another branch. So one of those will need to go, and I generally go for the older looking branch. Or there may be branches that are crossing over into paths or into the road. They need to go as well. And again, I'll just cut those off with my saw or even my secateurs if possible. Then after that, there's not much more I find that I have to do. But my trees are generally quite airy. There's plenty of space between the branches to let sun and light through. And really, that's all I need to do with my fruit trees. Dead, diseased and damaged and any that are in the wrong place. So... It's as simple as that when it comes to pruning fruit trees and bushes. Now, if you've got your own way to prune that you would like to share with me, then please do get in touch. You can email me, richard at theveggroundpodcast.co.uk, or you can leave a comment on the blog post at theveggroundpodcast.co.uk, or contact me through social media such as Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But for this week, please take care, and I'll see you all again next time. <laughs>